What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 19 of The Dorks Next Door. I am your man, Andy York. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to us, whether this is your first time or you've been with us since the beginning. We really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us each and every week. And if you are listening or joining us on our very first YouTube podcast that we are doing, the video version, you can see, hey, we're in a new place. We're in a new studio. It's very nice and lovely. Uh, like you said, this is a very uh, podcast-efficient table. It feels um, so official. Yeah. Not that your desk um, didn't <laughs> feel official. It really, really did. But, I mean, like this table is like... A podcasting table. It is. It is. I feel like I came here to like podcast. To podcast. Yes, for yeah. sure. So if you have no idea what we're talking about, hey, go to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash the dorks next door, and you can watch the video version of this week's podcast. And hopefully from this week on, you'll be able to watch uh, our podcast every single week that we are on here. Uh, that beautiful voice that you heard earlier, I forgot to introduce you, uh, is my wonderful co host, the one and only Mr. Jason Lee. Jason, how are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, pretty good. I've got my, my drink of choice today. Yeah. I always got to go through it. My drink of choice <laughs> is the apple snapple. The apple snapple. very good. That rhymes. Very, very good. It's like they yes. did that on purpose. The mango is my favorite. Mango, mango is Mango really is good. like my favorite like fruit flavor. Really? But the apple, yeah. The apple one is really good. That makes sure. sense. My, uh, my poison of choice is uh, the orange Gatorade Zero. So it has mm. no calories in it. Cool. So, or I'm sorry, it has five calories in it. Oh, but it has no sugars. So there's that. On that, so we're going to start off this podcast by going through <laughs> the nutrition facts. Uh, we th- we figured that would be a lot of fun. That would be more fun than yeah anything else that we could talk about. Because there's right. nothing that happened this week. We Not didn't get all. a trailer or some uh, earth shattering news about uh, Thor: Love and Thunder that. Yes. Blew everybody's mind. So some we'll, galaxy we'll, shattering some news. Some galaxy shattering. If only we had some guardians. Anyways. Right. Uh, so we are going to jump into all of that. Plus, this episode is all about the most influential superhero or comic book films of all time. Uh, we have a couple from Twitter that we're going to talk about as well. Um, some suggestions that people sent me. We're going to go through our list as well. We're going to do this with both movies and with live-action TV shows. We decided not to include the cartoons because then this would be like a four-hour podcast. And yeah. we've done that before, and we don't want to do that again. <laughs> so, only um, on very special occasions. Yeah, only on like Christmas and like Avengers Endgame. Yeah. That's basically it. We didn't Same even thing. do that yeah. for Rise of Skywalker, and I'm very glad we didn't do that for yeah. them. So. Um, but we are going to dive into a lot of stuff today. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. But we always like to start off this podcast by talking about what we are into this week. And so, Jason, I'm going to make you go first. Once I, I kind of uh, to throw this out there, preface, I'm sorry for the nasally sound. Uh, I do not have the coronavirus, I don't think. Um, but I am, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to die, hopefully. So yeah. if I sound really nasally, I'm sorry. If I cough, I'm sorry. But that's just how life goes in Middle Tennessee <laughs> when it's. 70 degrees one day and then 30 degrees the next day and right. a tornado nearly rips your house apart. So that's where we are. I woke up and I was really feeling the allergies this morning. Yeah, so it's rough. I think it's, it's rough. But what are you into this week? Um, so I just literally got it today. Um, but we were at GameStop. We were walking around GameStop. Um, and they always have cheap Xbox 360 games there. And I still play my 360 like all the time. So I got Soul Calibur 4 for $8 whole lot of fun i suck so bad at this game like and every 
fighting game that's not Smash. Yeah. I'm just like terrible. Right. Um, and I want to get better. You know, I want to understand more of the like complex button inputs and different things like that. The more complex systems. Right. I'm just so much better in games where you it's more like movement based and Smash is obviously, you know, way simpler yeah. and way more movement based and like with uh with Soul Calibur, I don't know, there's just like so much that I really like respect about it and appreciate about it. Um and I mean I, I love how important kind of this series is and I yeah. was listening to some of the music on the way here and it's like the music for this game is amazing. Uh it's like unbelievable. Huh. Um but and like the the graphics like for 2008 for a 360 game absolutely killer like it looks so good yeah um but just like i am so terrible (laughs) so it's kind of like a distant appreciation but i do want to get better right you know i want to get more into that type of game yeah for sure yeah well what i'm into this week is i have very slowly but surely gone through and watched the mcu in chronological order uh, the last time I think I talked about this, I was just past Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, <clears throat> which, by the way, I know that movie gets a lot of flack for not being that great. It's not that that bad. It's not good, but it's not that bad. No. Like it's there's a lot worse out there. Um, and plus, I'd say it's I'd say it's good. Yeah, for the most part, it's not great. It's not it's great, good. but it's it's good. And I think Ultron gets a lot of flack for no reason. He's a lot like Tony. Yeah. He's a lot like Tony in a lot of ways, but then there's also some like really beautiful set pieces of like when he's talking about how uh, when man needs a change, God throws a stone and God's winding up. I, I really like that line. And then the 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 conversation between him and Vision uh, right before Vision kills him is nice, yeah, um, which is really cool. But <clears throat> I have just finished uh, Ant Man and Captain America: Civil War. Uh, Civil War is my favorite MCU movie, so I absolutely love that film. Um, it's just it's a great time. It's a beautiful story, and it's just a lot of fun to see where, especially now knowing where we ended up in Endgame. Going back and watching it is really, really cool. Right. But uh, the main thing I wanted to talk about was Ant-Man, because after I watched Ant-Man, it made me hate Ant-Man and the Wasp even more. <laughs> because, like, Scott see, is you, so you smart in that saying. movie. Yeah. Like, Scott is, is brilliant in Ant-Man to where, like, he can break into a safe that was built... I think the metal was the same metal that was built in the Titanic? Yes, because he, yeah. he talked about the freezing it and, like, how that's why the when it hit the iceberg, that's why it, like, melted or, like, got destroyed so quickly. Yeah. Um, and so, like, he's super smart. And he's funny. And competent. And competent. And, and he, he's the one that's advancing the plot. Yeah. It's not just kind of, like, dumb things that are happening to him. Right. To where that's like what's moving his character along. No, it's him, you know, making decisions, being competent, um, owning up to this role of Ant Man. You know, it's like, <laughs> but still, I mean, it's it's an important thing. It's an important technology. Yeah. Um, his his role in the world, obviously, when we get to Endgame, is just like critical, completely critical. Yeah. Um, and he really earns that role in Ant Man. And then an Ant-Man and the Wasp, which just like, here's another dumb thing that happens to Scott, and he just kind of bumbles his way through the entire plot. Yeah. It's just, it's it's very, very, very frustrating. And yeah. I have to say, I forget his name. I forget the actor's name, but who plays Yellow Jacket. Because um, he's in House of Cards. He's in a couple of other things as well. I'm going to mm-hmm. look it up real quick. Corey, Corey Stahl. Yes, Corey Stahl. Yeah. He's not the most memorable villain, but he's not a terrible villain either. And like he yeah. does, he does a good job at what he's supposed to do. I'll say that he he does a great job of like advancing the storyline, and you could tell that he is 
he does a really good job of like mentally starting to lose it as the movie goes on more and more and more, which is yeah. nice. Plus, I remember seeing this in theaters and freaking out when I saw Ti because I didn't know he was in the movie, and I was like, "Why is Ti in this? This is kind of cool, actually." So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. I I really enjoy Ant Man. I think it's probably one of the most underrated MCU films. Um, Definitely, it's a lot of fun. And then Captain America's of War is just, it's beautiful. It's a great time. Yeah. Uh, up next, I believe for me, is Spider-Man Homecoming. Doctor Strange. Is Doctor Strange oh. before Homecoming? Sorry, because you... <laughs> I'm doing chronological. Doing, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, I, think, I think it goes Homecoming and then Doctor Strange. I think. I'll look real quick as I'm talking. Yes, it goes Doctor... It goes... Uh, Homecoming, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Ragnarok, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Infinity War, Endgame, and then Far From Home. Mm-hmm. So, And by the time I get to Far From Home, Black Widow will be out and I'll have to watch it too. So, yeah. um, Speaking of Black Widow, look at yeah. this segue. Look at the transition. We got a new Black Widow trailer. Mm-hmm. And it is a... Um, it's different than the first two. Yeah. And it's very, very lovely. It's yeah. very nice. I really like it. Um, as you can see, I think you can see on the screen. As you're, Oh, no, your computer's blocking it a little bit. Oh. We'll do it like that. As go. you can see, we're going to play this kind of on a loop and in the background as we're talking. But it is a lot of fun. It is a really good trailer. What did you think of the trailer? Uh, I loved it. I mean, I, I've just been kind of... Um, I haven't been thinking about this movie yeah. all that much for quite a while. Um, so the fact that it's kind of, you know... We're a little over a month away. The more that it's sneaking up on me, kind of, I think, is the better. Yeah. Um, I'm really hoping it turns out well. I think at the very least it'll be a, a pretty solid origin story. We can expect that yeah. from them at this point, for sure. So. And it's nice that the origin story is coming halfway through her MCU career. Like, that's kind of... it's kind of like At I, the end. Well, at the end, but like yeah. the time period that it's being shot in, too, isn't like the beginning of her right. run. It's like her in the middle of, after Civil War. Yeah, origin story is kind of a weird... Right. It gives you her backstory, kind of, not necessarily in an origin type of way. Uh, What I really, really love about this trailer is that we get a lot of shots of Taskmaster, and he looks freaking amazing. The more we see of him, just like the better he gets. Because I remember the first trailer, I wasn't a huge fan of the way he looked. Mm -hmm. But then, like, well, just that shot that we see, plus all of, like, him fighting, it's amazing to see, like, he looks really freaking cool now. Um, One thing I really like, and I think... It goes back to who his character is. If you don't know a lot about Taskmaster, and I'm, maybe I'm right on this, maybe I'm wrong, you can let me know. Because I remember playing, he's in the Spider-Man PlayStation 4 game. Okay. Yes. And, like, his whole thing is, like, he can, like, mimic or, like, learn your fighting style. Yep. And then the... can, like, you know, can, you can't really beat him from that point on because he knows how you fight. Exactly. So, like, <clears throat> I run back a little bit. Oh, wrong button. I run back a little bit to where it's, like, him fighting. Let me see here. We'll go back to... I think it's right after this, maybe. Yep. So it's him fighting um, Red Guardian. And, like, so you see the Black Panther claws, which is yeah. very nice. Very nice fighting style. He's fighting, I think, here like Black Widow in a way. But then when he lands, he lands like Spider-Man. And it's just freaking amazing to see that. Yeah. Um, plus, you see earlier you see earlier in the shot, he's watching. He's actually watching Iron Man 2. Um, one of my favorite scenes in Iron Man 2 where she literally just goes through and wrecks everybody in Hammer's industry. <laughs> she just murders everybody, basically. Um, but yeah, so like he's like mimicking and learning fighting style. As you see later on in the trailer, he, um, obviously has a bow and arrow like Hawkeye and shoots it. He's got shield work like cap, which is very nice. No, he really looks like, I mean, it looks like, um, because 
Taskmaster traditionally, I don't know if they're going to go with a more traditional Taskmaster to where he just like learns your fighting style literally in the yeah. moment on the spot and then he can beat you. Right. Um, I think that what they're going to do here is they're <laughs> going to have somebody who is, um, you know, kind of obsessed with the Avengers yeah. in a way, which, you know, is pretty common. Right. And, and kind of, you know, puts in the work to mimic all the different things that they do all the abilities that they have it looks like he has armor yeah you know um he's got a shield that he can throw um he's got vibranium claws it looks like he's got a bow and arrow so it looks like he's just kind of taking what he can um from the world's most powerful people yeah um and just kind of you know uh, taking all of that, assimilating all of it, yeah, and making that what his style is, and that looks so and I think so cool. I think Taskmaster is the perfect villain to go up against Black Widow. Yeah, no, because he was the like, perfect choice for this. Because I like, <clears throat> I know Cap's really good with like hand to hand combat, and you've got like Tony who's really good at, I guess, aerial based contact uh, fighting style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thor's not really fair because he just has powers, so he right. just does that. And Hulk's got strength, whatever. But like, I think Black Widow is like pound for pound like the grappler ground fighter like attacker yes. for sure and so it's really nice that like taskmaster is kind of the same way of like doing that so like that's how like the two black widow fighting going on against each other one thing i will say i'm a little nervous about because we've seen this uh once before and we thought we were going to see it twice in uh when uh, in civil war but we didn't thank goodness is uh black widows going up against like six other black widows i think in this movie as well yeah um so hopefully that makes sense and is not like where it wasn't Captain America, it was like, oh, Red Skull, Super Soldier. Oh, Winter Soldier, Super Soldier. Hopefully right. this isn't that type of scenario. I don't think it will, though, especially since it's her first film by herself. I don't think it will be like that. Right. Um, and they said that he's in charge. We say he. It could be a girl. Um, but Taskmaster is in charge of the Red Room now. Yeah. In the tra- they say that in the trailer, which is really, really nice and yeah. really cool. Um yeah, so those are all the Black Widows that she will have to face and probably beat the crap out of at some point. Um, it's all really interesting. It is very interesting. There's one other part that I am going to get to as we are watching this trailer go through. Um, let me get to it. That's really cool. That They're breaking into, I guess, her sister's house mm-hmm. um, or the family house or whatever. Uh, let's see here. Red Guardian. I know you're very excited to see him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see here. I'm really excited to see the weapons in this movie too, because I feel like they're gonna have a crap ton of weapons. Yeah, <laughs> just go beat the crap out of each other with. Um, we get I, what I like is we also get like another like look into like their sister relationship in this movie uh, through the trailer and this chasing. That it looks like they're gonna be really great. There's there's Taskmaster with the bow. Uh, there's her fighting. Basically, it looks like all the Black Widows. Uh, I have a feeling. Okay, so I have a feeling. Oh, crap! I hit the wrong button again. Let me go back. I uh, may have gone too far. Let me get to it. I have a feeling that this scene right there is going to be the scene where we see her take her sister's vest that we see in Infinity War. Um, hmm. Because if you can, if I can stop it on time this time. They're very like, she's crying, very emotional looking scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that being where she takes her vest yeah. and kind of going from there. What do you think happens to her? I think she's going to live. You think she's going to live? I think for sure she's going to live. I I wouldn't be shocked if she ends up kind of becoming um, uh, another Black Widow, like kind of taking Natasha's spot. I also wouldn't be surprised if she ends up um, joining the Thunderbolts. (coughs) Yeah. I could see it going either way, but I definitely think she lives. I could see one of those of like where we think she's probably going to die. 
Yeah. And then she gives her the vest. And then... Or if Natasha thinks she's dead. Yeah, yeah. And she takes the vest and then she's still alive or somebody finds her and brings her back to life because it's... Yeah. It's a comic it's book movie. Marvel, that could yeah. happen. That could happen with literally anything. Loki died like 18 times and still came back. So, yeah. and he's, he died in, in, in uh, Infinity War for good and he's still around. So, like, right. it's, yeah, anything can happen. Uh, we get a very close up picture of DH Thunderbolt Ross, which is very nice. It's, and they look like he's in a different location than he was in the first trailer. Um, it looks like they're in a city now going into. A bank, it looks like, or something. I don't know like why that. he looks younger in that shot than he did in Civil War. Yeah, I, I, I wonder. Like, since he's de-aged by so much, I mean, it's got to be something that happened. Because Civil War came out what five years ago? Twenty uh, fifteen or twenty sixteen? Twenty sixteen. So yeah. four years ago. Four so years like, ago. he wouldn't look in four years. You're not going to look that much older. No, I mean. No, they would have just gone with how he looks now. Yeah, but maybe like a little de aging. But, but not... maybe maybe they de aged him to where he's supposed to appear like in the early two thousands. Yeah, in the timeline of this movie. Yeah. Um. So I'm kind of curious about that because I you don't have to de age someone for five years. Yeah. Really. Um. We just get more action shots. Uh. Big fan. I know you weren't really a big fan. A big fan of the white suit. I really like the white suit. Oh, nice. The black widow white suit. Yeah. Um, it looks very nice. We also see a shot. I think it's coming up very soon of red guardian using the shield. Um, there it is. Yep. Chucking. I don't know who he threw it. Oh, he threw it at the guy that was outside the, the helicopter. Very nice. Very nice that he is getting that, uh, some rocket launchers, some, this is, this is one thing we've talked about with black widow Yeah. is that we didn't want it to be this, a spectacle movie where it was like these massive, Spectacle, I guess is the only way I could put it. We want it to be more of like a grounded film. Like, yeah. we like to use a comparison to Winter Soldier. Yeah, Winter Soldier had a lot of spectacle still in it because it's about two super-powered individuals fighting each other, that type right. of thing. But with Black Widow, Black Widow is a very grounded character. Um, and I feel like Taskmaster is a very grounded character. You could make him very grounded. Somewhat, yeah. I mean, I really want them to approach more of the... More of the, I mean, I've said this exactly before, but I want them to approach more of the spy thriller element, yeah, yeah, um, than the superhero element. Right. We know that they can make a great superhero movie, but but with Black Widow, you have such a cool opportunity, um, to go in a different direction, to make sort of a new type of movie, to have some new influences, yeah. Uh, so that's that's really what I hope to see, um, from this because we know, I mean. With Winter Soldier, with with you know every movie that Black Widow has been in so far, they've been great superhero movies. Yep. Um, so and like we even, already know, <laughs> even in like the big spectacle movies, they still found a way to ground her character, right, to make sense because yeah, she's not doing part, like yeah. because like uh, with Hawkeye, Hawkeye is a very grounded character. Hawkeye is a very one dimensional character at times, mm-hmm. um, and like they've made him interesting in a way in the first Avengers movie. When he was, he was more interesting when he was under Loki's spell than when he was out of Loki's spell. Um, but then they made him interesting in Age of Ultron by giving him a family and everything. But they, st- it still didn't make a whole lot of sense when he was able to kill robots with a, a bow, an arrow. Made more sense than Natasha killing him with a tiny handgun. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. But she also did like she like ripped her heads off and stuff too, didn't she? With her bare hands. With her bare hands. They're robots. You can rip off. You can just snap their, just yeah. twist them off. Sure. Ivan Venko did it in the <laughs> Iron Man off. too. He just, she was just going around pressing all the off buttons. Yeah. 
Yeah. She was Dr. Doofenit with the self-destruct button. Right, right, right. But <clears throat> I will say most of the time with Black Widow showing up, it's been a very grounded... She hasn't done anything crazy except... I mean, compare like juxtaposed against like Thor. Right. Yes. Right. But also, I, I feel like you can go so much more into um, the human element. Yeah. Um, then, I mean, she she's clearly superhuman. Right. In the Avengers movies. Like, the, the feats that she had. Like, like, one of the moments that really always has got me in the first of... First of all, getting swatted by the Hulk, you know, that would kill you. Yeah. Second... You know, she's like flying on Loki's speeder with him, and then she like jumps off, yeah, and like does a roll onto the top of Stark Tower. It's like you would be going at like a hundred miles off. an hour. <laughs> yeah, you would just like, like, well, like splat right into. What the- then, like the thing about Proxima Midnight, like her thing when people like freaked out when they saw Cap catch it in the trailers because like nobody's really supposed to catch it except her, right? Or like it's supposed to have like this super powerful thing to it. Oh, I, think. I don't know. Um, and then, like, she just, Black Widow caught it like it was nothing and stabbed uh, uh, Corvius Glaive with yeah. it and just killed him very quickly. Well, didn't kill him, but, yeah. So, she is grounded, but as grounded as you can be in a movie with a flying god and a guy that turns green and right. all that other stuff. But I still think that this will be probably, I hope this is the most grounded MCU movie to date. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, because in terms of in terms of grounded, and again, like <coughs> I'm trying to describe grounded the best that I can because right. it's you know kind of difficult to describe a little bit, right? Especially in these terms. Yeah. Um, but I I do I want it to be sort of the most like kind of low key to, and I mean like we were just on the frame of like her falling out of the sky yeah. and like they're fighting each other like in the, like the air. Right. Obviously, it's still going to have some like insane action spectacle exactly. elements to it, but I want a lot more of those low key. Um, elements. Yeah, and well. like <clears throat> a lot of people are, are like comparing it to Mission Impossible. Yeah, Mission Impossible has a lot of spectacle stuff in it too. It does, but also, um, Tom Cruise's character is like a human. Yes. Um, and he's not ever really juxtaposed. He's not supposed to compete with superhumans. Right. You know, throughout those movies, it's just him being a human. Right. You know, still obviously kind of beyond feats that a human can accomplish. Yeah. Um, but like Mission Impossible, James Bond, that's more of the angle that I'd rather they come from than than even Winter Soldier, because yeah. Winter Soldier is about Captain America, who's yeah. obviously very different <laughs> then, from Black Widow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. But I am very excited to see this. Uh, it comes out May 1st. Um, well, it'll come out, that's the Friday, so the 20, or the 30th? Is April a 30 or 31 month? 30. 30. So, uh, yeah, so it'll come out probably April 30th. Uh, the early release will come out April 30th, so we will definitely be going to see that and covering it when it comes out. We'll talk about it for sure. Um, we also have another movie coming out in April that we might cover, and that's New Mutants. I saw the new trailer for it uh, a couple weeks ago, so I, I, hmm. it looks interesting. It looks yeah. very interesting. Um, it doesn't look as bad as I thought it was going to be, Okay, which is very exciting because yeah. it looked very rough. <laughs> yeah. And like it's been delayed 30 times, I think. So it's it's been one of those um, things. So before we jump into uh, our most influential superhero films of all time we are going to discuss one more thing about the marvel cinematic universe and probably became just probably just became my most anticipated phase four phase four are we in phase four now 
I think this is phase four. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think phase four goes just throughout. It goes from Black Widow to... This year? Thor? Yes. Or to Thor. I think it goes to Thor. Yeah, I think, I think you're it right. it goes to Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but m- my most anticipated phase four film is the last movie in phase four. Yeah. And that is Thor Love and Thunder because on the... Um, Press really a press tour for Vin Diesel's new movie Bloodshot, which mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to go see yet or not. I haven't decided. Um, one of the guys that I like to follow on Twitter, and one of the guys that we trust the most when it comes to breaking news and things like that, that is one Mr. Brandon Davis, mm-hmm. who also lives in Nashville, by the way. Yes, which is very very cool. From uh, from comicbook.com. Yes, comicbook.com, which is where I get most of my stuff. I believe it more when it's from him, but. Yeah, that type of thing. But I think they're probably the most one of the most trusted sources for the most part. Um, I wouldn't know. <laughs> but Brandon Davis was interviewing one Mr. Vin Diesel, um, and Vin Diesel basically they were, I, I don't remember how it came up, but they were talking about Thor: Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. and Vin Diesel said, "Yeah, uh, director Taika Waititi had us all on, and we like shot a couple of things." He was like, "I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not, but I just said it, so it's out there." So it looks like. Guardians of the Galaxy are going to appear in Thor Love and Thunder. And I am so freaking excited about that. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get all of them. I think we might just get Rocket and Groot in the Guardians or with the Guardians because that was that that's who Thor was with for the most part in Infinity War and Endgame Mm -hmm. was Rocket and Groot. But then we would be deprived of Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth again on set, which those two are hilarious together. I don't know. I feel like it would be... Um, I mean, it's sort of an expected thing. Everybody kind of walked out of Endgame. They were like, does that mean the Guardians are going to be in the next Thor movie? Well, or we the thought... Way around yeah, because yeah, we didn't know that Thor 4 was coming out yet. But Thor 4 is coming out before yeah. Guardians. So we were like, oh, well, maybe that's what's happening. And, you know, sure enough. And I wonder what they're going to do with Gamora. Because she right. is on the run. Or not on the run, but she's gonna, away. They're from, probably going to save that till Guardians 3. I, I think they're so. going to say they've been searching for her, and they haven't found her, um, and it's just going to be... And I don't know if they're going to play like a massive part in it. I think it could be one of those I don't of think like, so, yeah. I, I think it could be one of those of like when Chris Evans showed up in Thor The Dark World, when nobody was really expecting it, when Loki was just kind of like shifting or shape-shifting into different people, and he shape-shifted into Captain America, which was great. I think it'll be bigger than that. I don't think it'll be I'm as big like as like Tony and Black Widow and Iron Man too. Yeah, you know, yeah, to where they play a decent role. They're not one of the like main characters of the movie, right? Sort of, but they're still they She's, still have a decent. They're not going to be like they're not going to be like Tony was in. Uh, <laughs> they're not going to be like Tony was in uh, Homecoming. I don't think. No, no, no. Um, yeah. But I think we'll probably see them in the beginning and probably the end of the film. Yeah, and then probably nothing else in the middle. But everything else about this movie is just so freaking exciting. Um, right. We found out for sure that Christian Bell is going to play the main villain in this film. Really? Um, when Tessa Thompson said, she basically said in one of her interviews that, yeah, Christian Bell's playing the main villain uh, in this movie. So that's very, very exciting. Yeah. Um, I saw a lot of people saying that they're using another big time actor for a one off. He probably didn't want to show back up. He was. This is probably just a one and done type no, of thing. No, he doesn't um, want to be a recurring character. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's smart to do that because of the whole what happened with uh, Hugo Weaving type of thing. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because he like he wanted to play in a comic book movie. He played in a comic book movie, and he realized during the movie 
this ain't for me. <laughs> this is not for me. So they let him go uh, out of that contract. You don't need a big star. That's kind of like the best part about the MCU is they're not like when we first started, Robert Downey Jr. was not the A-lister that he is now. Hmm. Uh, and Chris Hemsworth wasn't. I think the only other movie, what's really funny is, have you ever seen the movie uh, Cabin in the Woods? Hmm. Have you ever heard about it? Uh, I've heard the name. It's a it's a horror movie that was that has Chris Hemsworth in it. But they shot it in 2008, but it didn't come out until 2012. Mm-hmm. So they shot it before he was Thor, but it came out after he was Thor. And so like to see the difference between those two movies is really, really cool to see how much like yeah. Hemsworth is a A-lister now. Like Hemsworth is a big-time uh, actor. Uh, Tom Holland was a no- basically like a nobody before Civil War, and now he's in like almost every movie that's coming out in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris Pratt is kind of the same way. Chris Pratt was famous for... Parks and Rec, but then like Guardians and now Jurassic World, and he was just in uh, Onward with Tom Holland. So I think it's totally fine that Christian Bell's just like I want to do this once. Yeah, if I like totally. it, I'm, if I like it, I may come back. You some know the, that type of thing. Some of the best performances they've ever had in these movies come from the the big name actors: Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell, Michael Keaton, yep. um, Kate Blanchett. That they get in for well, just like one movie. It's really cool that Michael Keaton's coming back. Like, he wants to come back, which mm-hmm. is very, very, very cool. It is cool. Um, and he's always been, like, a hand in the like a hand in the pulse on, like, comic book movies. Because he, he was in Batman. He played Batman for a while. Uh, he was in something else, too, I think, wasn't he? Uh, Birdman. Birdman, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, Spider-Man Homecoming and probably Spider-Man 3. Uh, which I f- we just heard the working title for it, and I do not remember what it was. Oh, yeah. Um. But it's it did not it's not sticking with the same theme that the other two stuck with, which makes me very sad. Right. Of homecoming and far from home and Well and a lot of the times the working title isn't the final title. Right. Well what in the working title for Avengers in game, Avengers Assemble? Annihilation. Annihilation. That's what the working one yeah. was, wasn't it? Either that or that's just the fake one that they passed around and probably got everyone confused with. Um I'll let's see if I can find it real quick. But yeah, I'm I'm very, very excited to see Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I fully expect it to be... Because Taco Watiti is just amazing. I haven't got to see Jack Rabbit yet. Or is that what it's called? Uh, Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Rabbit. Jojo yeah. Rabbit. I haven't got to see that yet. And I heard it was fantastic. Um, and he directed the season finale of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Which was really, really good. So uh, he's doing a lot of really fun stuff as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun um, to do that. Uh, I can't find it. Oh, well. But, so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we are very excited for Phase 4. Um, it starts May 1st, basically, with Black Widow. We're getting Falcon and Winter Soldier in August. Hopefully, uh, they just de- they just uh, stop shooting that because they're in Prague, and the whole coronavirus thing is just freaking everybody out right now. Yeah. So they have stopped shooting that for a little bit. They stopped shooting another movie, too, that was supposed to come out this year that mm-hmm. may be delayed a little bit. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's still very, very exciting to see what's going to happen in Phase 4 of the MCU. So that's going to be a lot of fun to do that. So what we are going to mainly talk about for the rest of the podcast is we're going to be discussing the most influential comic book films or superhero films of all time. Um, if we do not mention one that you think that should be in there, make sure you leave a comment below 
um, on our YouTube channel so that we can know what you think because we want to interact with you guys that way. Um, so make sure you let us know what you guys think because there are a lot of films we're going to talk about. I think we have like a list of like 14, 13, something like that. Um, we're going to talk about the film and how it's influential and then kind of what it influenced, so like movies that kind of followed after it. We're going to talk about some of those mm-hmm. as well. So the first one we're going to start with is all the way back in 1978 with Christopher Reeves, the late Christopher Reeves, playing Superman. So Superman 1978, a film I have not actually been able to see yet. Um, I need to sit down and watch it. Um, But everything I've seen about it and everything I've read about it is it was the first superhero film. I believe so. At, at the very least, um, it would be the, it's first, the first one. successful one. Yeah, the yeah. first one to be kind of massively successful yeah. and something that's very uh, sort of intrinsic to the superhero genre, especially now, is massive success. So. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and it also was like the first solo film that kind of... How many movies came after it? Four? Was there four? Uh, three after it. There were four total. Four after it. So there was uh, not a trilogy, but there was a... A quadrilogy. quadrilogy. Yeah. Wow. Um, but it kind of paved the way for other movies to come out in the late... Just don't watch the last two. Just no, watch the la- the I heard the last two. two are very, very rough. Yeah. Um, the Quest for... The Quest for Peace. Quest for Peace. Is that four? Yeah. And then three was... Uh, I think just Superman 3. It's <laughs> a great name. Yeah. Um, but it kind of paved the way for movies, that, other superhero films that came out in the 80s and totally. 90s. Uh, you have... Tim Burton Batman uh, in 1989 mm-hmm. um, that obviously starred Michael Keaton in it mm-hmm. um, and also had Jack Nicholas as the Joker uh, later on in the trilogy or in the franchise but you know there was all of those uh, famous movies in there as well you also have Blade that came out in 1998 which we'll talk about here in a little bit as well um, you said there was a Supergirl movie that came out in the 80s yeah I think it was uh, obviously not very known but no no, and I believe it was the first um, female superhero movie, technically. Yes. But yeah, 1984. Um, box office of 14 million, budget of 35. So, not very well. Not not exactly a success. Didn't even make its money back. Yeah. Um, so, but Supergirl's not on our list. I'm unfortunately. But there are another, there is another female, two female movies that we're going to talk about. Not necessarily good, but they were financially successful mm-hmm. um so we'll talk about all of those i'm sorry if i sound like i have something in my mouth i have a cough drop that i just had to put in there oh but, yeah yeah <laughs> um but <clears throat> christopher reeves obviously is a very he basically i think he was known from this role um yeah i believe i may be wrong about this i believe he shows up later on in smallville um i think you're right actually let's see i thought i saw that somewhere or remember <clears throat> That being a big deal. Yeah. 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 He, he doesn't did. come back as Clark Kent, obviously, but yep. he comes back as a farmer or a doctor or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Christopher Reeves passed away when he was like 50, I believe, um, in 2004? No, 2008. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so obviously he, he has he's not around with us anymore. But super, the first Superman film, 1978, is a very good movie from what i've heard uh you've recommended it several times um we need to do a rewatch of it and then just discuss it and talk about it that'd be a lot of fun it's it's not just i mean obviously it kick-started um a a very big genre right 
um, of movie to come after it, um, you know, which comic book adaptations, but it's just kind of like a cornerstone of cinema yeah, and of cinema of that decade. Um, it's one of the biggest like kind of box office successes of the seventies. Um, and it's just like one of, you know, definitely one of the most important movies yeah. to have ever been made. Yeah. Um, so it's one that I recommend, you know, everybody. And I watch. think it's, I think it's very safe to say that if we didn't have the Superman successful as it was Superman of 78, you probably wouldn't have gotten the same Raimi Spider-Man in 2002. Um, or, I or mean, Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have gotten the MCU as a whole. Probably you may have, but it wouldn't have been. It probably it, it wouldn't have been as it was or as it is today, right? Um, because there was a lot of ifs. There was nobody really knows the the. It doesn't really happen now, especially in Marvel. It happens a little bit in DC, but like back when, like in the two thousands and the nineties, when you made a superhero film, there was a consensus, and it was kind of like horror films of like this movie is probably not going to be very good. Like people are going to go watch it but it's probably not going to be a good movie. Mm-hmm. But this was like the first one, this was like the first one that was extremely good. Mm-hmm. And like critically, people loved it and things like that. So, um, and then the Tim Burton Batman movies obviously played a massive role in the success of the comic book film industry as a whole um, as well from the 80s. Um, and then the movie we're going to talk about now, which came out in 1998, um, starring Wesley Snipes. And that is Blade. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why we have Blade on our list is, one, it was a different superhero take. So you, it wasn't your normal Superman or Batman. Right. Um, this is the... No, and it's a more obscure character, too. Yes, it is. Especially back then. Um, um, and it's the second Marvel movie after Howard the Duck? Yeah. Um, which Howard I the Duck came say, out in the 80s? I want to say so. Let me see. But the main reason, as he looks it up, the main reason why we have it on there is, is the first... Um, live action superhero film with an African American lead, um, which obviously paid the way for Black Panther that came out in 2016. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 2018. The Black Panther came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we're getting another Blade movie, not this year, or next year, but in 2022, I believe. Um, with uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Mahershala, Mahershala Ali, Ali is yeah. going to be in it playing Blade. Um, and also Black Adam that's coming out this year. No, next year. Black Adam, which is coming out next year, played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, obviously. Of course. But none of those would be as widely successful um, without Blade that came out in 1998. It was a trilogy, I believe so. Yeah. And the trilogy isn't really that bad, is it? All three movies are pretty decent. Uh, um, people don't like the third one. People never like the third one. <laughs> right. Yeah, with superhero <laughs> trilogies outside of the MCU, the third one is always where it falls off. Yeah. Batman, Superman, yeah. Blade, um, Spider-Man. The Dark Knight, quote-unquote. The Dark Knight Rises yeah. isn't that bad, but... Compared to the other two, yeah. I mean, it's not that good. So, um, but it's definitely... It started the trend, and it's paved the way. Unfortunately, we didn't have... Well, there was another one that Shaq was in. Um, X-Men 3. X-Men 3, but like as a single lead star. Oh, Shaq okay. was in um um oh what's the name of that movie? It's a terrible it's a terrible movie. Um uh, a superhero movie. Yes. Let me find it. Steel. Oh. Yeah, Shaq yeah. played in Steel, which yeah. was uh not that great. <laughs> it was a little rough. Um, so, in 1986 we had Howard the Duck. Um, yes, which is the then, first MCU film, a Marvel film. Yes, so there was a there was a serial film about Captain America back in 1944. 
Wow. Which doesn't really count. Right. Um, and then there's Howard the Duck. And then there's The Punisher starring Dolph Lundgren That's in, right. uh, in 1989. That's right. Um, but it was a limited theatrical release, so we can only partially count it. Right. In 1990, there was this really crappy um, <laughs> Captain America movie where he has like this see-through plastic shield. Um, and that was a limited theatrical release. So again. that one doesn't really count. And then there was an unreleased Fantastic Four, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Um, a very interesting kind of looking into the production cycle on that movie. Yeah. But that never came out in 1994 and then Blade in 1990. So basically Blade was the Blade second. Blade is the second successful. Major, yeah. Well, the first successful because Howard the Duck, you can't count as successful. That's true. But That's very true. the second kind of like major yeah. um, Marvel adaptation. Yeah. Um, but it was it's very influential. Um, yeah. The first Blade movie is fantastic. Absolutely love it. Um, Wesley Snipes in it is basically blade and it's perfect it's awesome to see that um i think mahershal is going to do a fantastic job as well in 2022 um he played in luke cage mm-hmm. season one but he was only there for like half the season right i forget who he played i forget the guy he name. played uh cottonmouth cottonmouth that's right but he was fantastic as cottonmouth yeah. it was that's such a good season no i mean everybody basically unanimously wishes that he had stuck around and just been the main yeah. villain yeah, so. I would have too. But yeah. um, I'm still very excited to see what happens in Blade um, in 2022. Um, and then we're moving on to our third character, or our third movie on the list, and it's our first team-up film. Mm-hmm. And that is the X-Men that came out in 2000. Now, the Fox franchise has definitely had its ups and its downs. Yeah. Um, I was, actually, I think that... How, I forget how many Fox movies there have been. Uh, 12? Twelve sounds about right. I think twelve, and I think when we talked about it, six were like good, and six were crap. I want to say thirteen, but there yeah, may be 13. twelve or thirteen. Um, but like <clears throat> X Men was the first team up film, yeah, and it was very successful, and it's the first X Men movie is really good, yeah. Um, more successful than Blade, and definitely more than Howard the Duck. Yes, definitely, know? and I think it, it it is the first team up movie. Um, I don't think I don't think DC did Justice League no. or anything like that. I don't think so. No. But it's still very exciting because there was the cast was really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think Hugh Jackman was big at this point. Um, so him playing Hugh, uh, him playing Hugh Jackman, <laughs> him playing Wolverine, basically Hugh Jackman, uh, him playing Wolverine was a big get. Um, Patrick Stewart playing uh, Professor X, um, not Michael Fassbender. Perfect Ian McKellen casting. is playing. Uh, uh, Magneto. Magneto. Mm-hmm. I forget the actual guy's his name, his real name. Um, I'm trying to think who else was in it. Uh, James. Uh, James. Uh, crap. He's in the Sonic movie. James. Uh, oh. Mater. James. James. Marsden? Oh, James Marsden. James Marsden. Yes. yes. He's in it. He plays Cyclops. Yeah. Um, who is definitely the most misused character in the entire X-Men franchise is very frustrating. He's not, I don't think he's good in any of the movies, which is very frustrating. Um, but yeah, so this was the very first team up film. It was widely successful. Uh, it was very good. It paved the way for the Avengers basically later on, um, for justice league, even though justice league is not that great. It still paved the way for that movie to come out. I think justice league wasn't, Te- technically a fail at the box office was it technically no technically no yeah so but it was a fail of a movie um <laughs> but it's it wouldn't have been there the avengers probably wouldn't be what they are 
without X Men two thousand coming out. Right. Um, the second movie came out in two thousand three. Uh, yes. And then X the third one came out. X three came out in two thousand six. That's yeah. right. Um, and then they did like three others, I think. Yeah. So after that, they did um, Days of Future First Class. Yeah. And then Days of Future, Future Past, Past, and then Apocalypse, and Apocalypse, which we don't talk about Apocalypse. Yeah. And then they've also done, obviously, they've done Dark Phoenix, yeah. which we don't talk about that. They did two Deadpool movies, mm-hmm. um, Logan, which we'll talk about later, X-Men, uh, Wolverine Origin, twice, and both of them are very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not know this, though, about the first X-Men Origin Wolverine with uh, Deadpool in it that was very frustrating, but all of Ryan Reynolds' lines were basically uh, ad-libbed. Oh, really? Which is why when he talks, it's the only interesting thing and, like, funny thing. Everything else just kind of sucks in that film. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, so that was, that was – I saw that the other day. I thought that was really interesting. But X-Men uh, 2000 is a very successful movie and definitely deserves to be on the list of the most influential films right. of all time. It's It definitely sets up a lot of stuff. And it really – I mean, it really kick-started the whole, uh, you know, the 2000s boom of uh, comic book movies. Um Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so after that, you know, you've got Spider-Man, you've got Daredevil, you've got the Hulk, you've got Punisher, um, Fantastic Four, you've got Ghost Rider. All of these different things started coming out all through the 2000s. Um, all of these Marvel Comics um, adaptions. Yeah. You know, so X-Men, I mean, Blade was very important to that, but X-Men was extremely successful. Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of like was the first, you know big boom yeah in terms of comic book movies and then 2002 came and a little movie came out by the a director who also made uh evil dead mm-hmm. and that is one mr sam raimi now listen i've given my thoughts a lot about these movies i'm not the biggest sam raimi spider-man fan i will say the first spider-man movie is really good the Sp- spider-man the first spider-man movie is good Spider-Man 2 is really, really good. Spider-Man 3 sucks. But I will say this movie was massively successful. Yes. Massively successful. Yeah. Um, more so than probably any other solo superhero film up to that to point. To that point? Uh, probably. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Um, i research. And not necessarily like financial-wise, but like... Fans loved it. People loved it. Impact. Yeah, I think so. It had a massive impact on the comic book genre because it was all the other superhero films up to that point. And I can't really talk about like Superman seventy eight because I haven't seen it. But like most of the comic book films up to that point were super campy. Were they not? Um, in a way, yes. And Spider Man was campy too, but it embraced sort of a different type of camp. It and didn't Spider-Man, take itself necessarily as seriously as the other ones did. Right. And Spider-Man was also the first Marvel Comics adaptation right. to follow really closely to the comics because X-Men kind of introduced its own sort of flair yeah. to it. Um, and it kind of, you know, it's a good movie. It kind of dulled some of the more interesting aspects of the X-Men and made it a little bit more like, you know, 2000 style. Yeah. Um, and with Blade, I mean, it's mostly pretty true to the comics, but they also introduced some of their own elements. But Spider-Man was just going for, you know, a, a very um, straightforward comics adaptation. Right. 
with you know you know really interesting themes as well and yeah you know just making a really dynamic and fun movie right so it, it's really important in that way definitely yeah. as well um but it was like it's still people still talk about it to this day um people are still divided about who the best spider-man is mm-hmm. um i think that's just going to be around for a long time i think when it comes to toby Maguire, toby Maguire is a really good peter parker mm-hmm. spider-man he's kind of iffy um, it kind of depends. Whereas Andrew Garfield was not a good Peter Parker at all, but it was a really good Spider-Man. Hmm. And then you have Tom Holland, who I think kind of nails both aspects of the character pretty well. Yeah. Um, but I think all three of them bring something different to the table and all three of them do a fantastic job with what they were given. Especially, I feel really bad for Andrew Garfield because I feel like he had a lot of really good ideas for the amazing Spider-Man. And then the, the uh, is it Fox? Sony. Sony at the time was like, no, we don't want to do that. We just want to make money. He's even said that. It was like corporate America at its best, and it just sucked the life out of me, and it was just awful. Yeah. So I feel really, really bad for him. But Spider-Man uh, that came out in 2002 was very successful. You also and it had, far and away was the most successful to that point. Box office-wise? Yeah. How much did it make? Uh, $871 million. Which was really good for them. Yes. For them. Yes. Um, it sounds low now, but it's... It's still pretty good. It's I mean, that's uh, Homecoming made around that much. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, we're just used to a lot of MCU films at a billion <laughs> at this yeah. point, which is kind of yeah. whatever. But um, it's still very exciting. Uh, I was going to say, oh, th- so you had Tobey Maguire playing Peter Parker in this one. Um, you had William Defoe as um, Green, Green Goblin. Goblin. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Harry Osborn or Norman Osborn. Um, Harry Osborn was played by uh, James, Franco. James Franco before he was James Franco that we know. And if you love him, love him now. I love James Franco at times. Um, but it's still very uh, successful. This movie was a lot of fun. Uh, very influential for what it set up. I don't think we would get the MCU really without this movie. No. Um, because it showed that if you kind of go from this, it'll be very successful. If you kind of follow. Yes. And I think... Was this the first one that um, Kevin Feige was a producer on? Or was he a producer in the first X-Men movie, too? Oh, uh, I feel like he actually might go back to Blade. Really? Um, yes, that might be wrong. Uh, but, yeah. Um, but he was a producer on all three of them, or just the first two? or? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, shoot, what was I just about to say? Oh, yeah. So it's really interesting with Sam Raimi coming back around to direct Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because it's really something that's coming full circle with him having directed such an influential movie, three very influential movies about Spider-Man, a Marvel Comics adaptation, and then for the MCU to take Marvel Comics adaptations and just, like, take it and run with it, you know, in kind of a different direction. Um, But then him coming back around to that franchise like 11 12 years right <laughs> after it started um you know to to direct a movie for them i think that that's so so cool you know it's really poetic um to see that yeah uh he was not a producer in uh the spider-man movies hmm. but he was a producer he gave them ideas for was it the amazing spider-man yeah i think so yeah so and they didn't follow through with it or listen yeah. to it. So, um, but yeah. So Spider Man two thousand two is on our list, and then comes two thousand four and two thousand five. And the reason why we have these two movies on here 
um, is because they are influential in their own way. Um, they're not good films. They're too. They're very. They're terrible films. But they're the first widely successful female-led superhero film, mm-hmm. and that is Catwoman came out in two thousand four, and Electra came out in two thousand five. Um, I believe so. <laughs> Which widely successful is sort of a, you know, a stretch. But yeah, it's more successful than um. Supergirl in 84, yes, for sure. That is and this was like the first attempt for a few years, uh, actually 20 years, um, from Supergirl to when Catwoman came out and when Elektra came out. Um, so both films were not that great, I think. Yeah, so Catwoman made 80 to, $82 million and Elektra made 57 Okay. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> Was Ele- Electra came out after Daredevil? Yes. Right. Yeah, it was kind of a Daredevil spinoff. Sort right. Of. Um, which, if you've seen Daredevil, it's not that good of a movie either. So I don't know why they thought this one would be good too. But yeah, um, both of them were not very good movies. But it did introduce the idea, and it did start kind of the notion of an all-female-led superhero team or superhero film, um, which later would come down the line with Wonder Woman came out in two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen. 2017. 2017. And then Captain Marvel came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, the Captain Marvel 2 is in the works, and Wonder Woman comes out this year. Mm-hmm. Or Wonder Woman 2 comes out this year. Um, so, both of those movies, they probably would still be here without Catwoman and Elektra, but those two movies were still kind of influential for starting the idea that a, you could do some of these female led, like these uh, female led movies and the superhero genre. And you don't have to, you know, because the first one, the, first, the Catwoman movie, had uh oh what's her name um Halle Berry Halle Berry in it which was basically what I'm trying to say is that those two movies went too far on like trying to make them trying to fall heavy on the sex appeal yeah um whereas which, in which Wonder Woman where... and Captain Marvel did yes. not do that at all yes which is good very good yeah um but go ahead what are you gonna say no, that was it. No, oh. pretty much. Okay, um, but so but there was there's still two influential movies kind of starting the trend kind of down the line for that as well. Yeah. Um, and then we come to 2005. Um, not only does Electra come out that year, which was a terrible movie, but the beginning of the Dark Knight trilogy comes out in 2005. Yes. And that is the Christopher Nolan Batman Begins mm-hmm. movie. Now, I think if this was a solo film. This movie would not be on this list, right? But because of what happens after it, yeah, and the trilogy that it kind of puts forth, yeah, it's a thousand percent on this list. Yeah, the most important trilogy in comic book films. Yes. I don't feel like it's too far off. To no, say I don't. That. I don't. I don't disagree I, with I that think, at all. I think Spider Man is really the only one that gives it a run for its money. Yeah, um, but. Uh, you know, just uh, really uniquely directed a really unique take on Batman. Yeah, this is probably the first extremely grounded superhero film. To where, like, you could see... Necessarily, you could see this Batman existing, in a way. Right, Kind of the first superhero film, yes. To where it's, like, (laughs) plausible... Um, apart from all the technology and stuff, like right. in terms of like physical, like his fighting, yeah, um, you could, you know, it's plausible and to like, see him existing. And like everything, it wouldn't make it, it's not realistic to say somebody would own all the technology stuff that he had, obviously. 
but at least not now. Right, but it's <laughs> not like made up technology. Like it's right. stuff that's actually like exists in the world right. today that he used and he's a, a super rich guy, so he could get access to that, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um but it's still very interesting. It's still super grounded. Christian Bale probably my favorite Batman. Um yeah, my favorite. Depending on what happens with Robert Pattinson that could change. Yeah, we got to see. But <laughs> as of right now Christian Bale is by far my favorite Batman. Uh the first movie, we're going to talk about all three in the in the trilogy because the trilogy is just so iconic at this point. I think it's very safe to say it's super iconic and yeah. Not just like the superhero genre, but in movie history, yeah, is super iconic. No, I would say that the Dark Knight, in a lot of aspects, would at least make a top five like most defining films um, of Gen Z. You yes. know, kind of of our generation of people born like 1995 or after. Just one of the movies that everybody has seen, that everybody loves, that you know everyone has sort of been impacted by, that we all talk about. Um, the Dark Knight, I think, is definitely right. top five. And like that. we talked about how The Dark Knight Rises is not as well-received as the first two. Yeah. But it's in terms of like the ending of a trilogy, it's not that bad. No, it's, it's not, still pretty it's not good. terrible. Um, but going through each movie, Batman Begins, you have Christian Bale as Batman. Um, the main villain, the two main villains in it is uh, Scarecrow, who is played by... Killian uh, Murphy. Killian Murphy. And then you have Ra's al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul who is played by Liam Neeson, which was very cool to see him show up uh, in this movie uh, as well. Um, you also have, this is the one with Katie Holmes as uh, Rachel. Rachel, which she's probably the weak Rachel. point. Yeah, she's probably the weak point of the film. Um, and then, uh, but this was the first one that kind of left a tease at the end of the movie for the second one um, when Batman's on top of GCPD with uh, Commissioner Gordon, who is played by, oh, what is his name? Um, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. That thank you. Um, but he's got a Joker card in his hand, and that was when everybody was like, "Oh, this is going to be great. We're getting another Joker," which leads us to probably, in my opinion, the greatest comic book movie of all time, yeah. greatest superhero film of all time, um, and it might not even be close. I think the second. I think my like I think if I had to pick the top three, one would be the Dark Knight, two would probably be Logan, mm-hmm. and then to me three would be like Civil War. Yeah, for me three would be Superman. Seventy eight. Yeah, yeah, which that makes sense. If I saw it, I probably would agree with that as well. It mm-hmm. definitely would be in my top five. But this is by far the greatest superhero film of all time, in my opinion. In our opinion, um, mainly because of just the performance of Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yeah, um, and we, all, all the performances are yes, so good, so good. Except for uh, 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 who plays Rachel in this one? Oh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal yeah. is kind of the weak spot. But she's, I think, she's much better than Katie Holmes was. Um, but that's just kind of my opinion. But I definitely agree. This is everybody absolutely nails their role uh, in this movie. Christian Bale ramps it up as Batman even more, which is amazing. Obviously, Heath Ledger as the Joker. A lot of people say that Jack Nicholas was the best Joker probably up until this point. I think they're both two completely different takes on a character, and they both completely work for the for the films they were in. Yeah. Um, but this was just this was a grounded film, and it this type of Joker was just perfect in it. It made complete sense yeah. um, of him being in it. Uh, Michael Caine, we forgot to mention him in the Batman Begins. 
the greatest Alfred of all time. I love yeah. Michael Caine so much. This is the one where he talks about the man that's trying to that steals the rubies. Um, and he's telling the whole story about them burning down the forest. And he was like, how did you find the guy? We burnt the forest down. Like, that entire story was just entrancing. And there's my dog. Hi, Coco. Hello. Hi, Coco. Hello. Ignore my dog. <laughs> um, but you also had Morgan Freeman uh, in this movie as well. Right. Um, as Lucius Fox, was, which was really great. Um, let's see here. You had uh, Aaron Eckhart as Two-Face, mm-hmm. um, who was fantastic in this movie as well. Coco, get Hello. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think who else was in this movie. Uh, da, 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 da. We didn't know we'd have a guest today. Oh, I know, right? Guest speaker. I know. Yeah. He's the cutest guest we've ever had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but The Dark Knight is uh, the most famous and probably the greatest comic book movie of all time. And then that yeah. leads into The Dark Knight Rises, um, which definitely dipped a little bit, was not as uh, strong or as good as the other ones, um, but it was still really great. You had Tom Hardy uh, playing Bane, which I thought his Bane was really good. Yeah. Um, definitely a different take. Yeah. Again. Um, a they, more grounded they, take. Yes. Which is, you know, which is nice and it fits for this film. And almost weirdly a more topical take, too. Yeah. 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 Um, you also had Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the random uh, Robin. I mean, more topical than a luchador monster who takes drugs and gets strong. Yes, you know, it's not that difficult. Oh, that was, uh, what year was that? That was the 90s, wasn't it? No, that's just Bane. That's just regular Bane. But they did a Bane adaptation in... uh, Oh, in Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Yeah. That's right, yep. Yeah. Um, Great movie. (laughs) Great movie. Is that the one with the bat card? Never leave the cave without it. Is that that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, One of my first YouTube <laughs> videos ever that I hope never gets seen again by anybody on the oh, I'll planet link it. I'll link it. was a review of Batman and Robin. Oh, was it? Yeah. That's nice. I hope we'll have to find it and play it. Yeah. Um, you also have Joseph Gordon-Levitt no. as the random Robin uh, appearance in this movie, which is kind of... Good casting. Good casting, like, just weird. weird. inclusion, but good casting. Yep. Um, you also have Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. Um, probably the best Catwoman up to this point. Maybe I don't know the Tim Burton uh, who played who played Catwoman and Tim Burton. Uh, oh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle I, Pfeiffer I love did really, Michelle really good. Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Yeah. Um, but I think Anne Hathaway worked yeah. for Catwoman in this movie. Um, bye, Coco. Uh, oh, I shouldn't have said nothing. <laughs> um, you also have Killian Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shows up in all three films. Um, he's like the consistent villain that shows up in all three films, which is very nice. He shows yeah. up in the Dark Knight at the very beginning of the movie and gets arrested. Yeah. When you have all those fake Batmans fighting. Yeah. Uh, and you have uh, the famous line from, "I'm not wearing hockey pads." Yeah. Um, and then you have him in this one. He plays the judge. Right. Um, as they walk on ice, which that was a really, I thought that was really really cool. Um, as like a punishment of like you either die or you're gonna die, so just pick which way you want to die, which is really cool. Um, Gary Oldman is I I he's amazing as Commissioner Gordon. I'm excited yeah. to see uh oh what's his name oh he's playing Commissioner Jeffrey Gordon. Wright Jeffrey Wright. I'm excited to see Jeffrey Wright's take on uh, Commissioner Gordon, but Gary Oldman is is really really strong. Yes. Um, and this as well. He's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, mine too. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Oh, so what's really cool, I think this is the guy, uh, but you, there's a U.S. senator 
whose name is Patrick Lee, L-E-A-H-Y, a massive Batman fan and has appeared in almost every single like Batman movie at some point. Or like has appeared in like the trilogy at some point. He's in this movie. Um, the Dark Knight Rises as a he's he's at the party at the very beginning when they're honoring um, uh, Harvey. Hmm. He's at the party then. He's in the Tim Burton Batman movie. Uh, I think he's in the one where Penguin is giving his town hall speech. I think he's in the really? background there. Yeah, he's in a couple other. He's also in the cartoon. He plays one of the villains in one of the Batman cartoons, which is really really cool hmm. that he's in a big Batman fan. Yeah, uh, doing all of that, um, but yeah. So the Dark Knight trilogy is definitely one of the most influential trilogies of all time. Influential movies of all time. Um, but then this leads us to 2008. And if you're not an MCU fan, you might not want to listen for a little bit because we're, there's a lot of not a lot. But there are probably four to five MCU films on this list, and they're not even. There's nothing that has followed up behind it yet. But it's just kind of you can tell when that they're going to be influential. Um, the first one, obviously, 2008, was Iron Man. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man, directed by John Favreau, started the entire MCU. Uh, the best way to start off the entire MCU by far. Yeah. Um, such a great movie, and like it. I remember watching it a few years ago after, like, just it was randomly on. I was like, I doubt this movie holds up because it came out in 2008, and rewatching it again, it's like, no, this movie still is freaking fantastic. It's still amazing. And again, kind of continuing the trend of direct comic book adaptations um, and and doing them really well. And that's like exactly what the MCU has always excelled at is direct comic book adaptations. And then, you know, they start off with that and then take that in a different direction. You know, you start off with a very plain Thor. A very plain um, Captain America. A very plain Captain America. But then you get that Captain America up to Civil War. And you get that Thor up to Ragnarok, and it's like you know you've built up yeah. this character from where they're supposed to be all the way to where they are now. And I remember a lot of people thought that Iron Man was a weird one to start off with. Yes. Um, and like nobody trusted Robert. De- it's weird to say this now. Nobody trusted Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark at the time. Um, and to see where we are now, obviously with the character and Endgame after Endgame and everything. But, like, to see where we got up to now, like, each performance from Robert Downey Jr. has been better and better and better. Yeah. Like, his out of the trilogy, I think his first Iron Man movie is his best performance. Yeah. But, like, his performance in Civil War is fantastic. His performance in all the Avengers movies are fantastic. Um, when he shows up in Homecoming, it's, um, like, it's amazing to see him, you know, there as well. So, like, but this is the one that started everything uh, in the MCU uh, and without this movie, we wouldn't get the next movie that's on our list. And without this movie, we wouldn't have gotten uh, The Incredible Hulk, which I think came out the same year. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have been... I don't think it would have done as much. Um, you've got The Incredible Hulk. You've got... I don't think we would get... We obviously wouldn't get the first uh, Avenger Captain America movie. We wouldn't get the Thor movie. And we wouldn't get this movie, which is The Avengers that came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. While the X-Men movie was extremely successful in 2000... This one was completely different because it wasn't a group. Like, the X-Men are a group together. Yeah. Like, you, you're they not... They were all introduced in that movie. Right. This one was, we're going to introduce them separately and then bring them together for this film. Which is, you know, not only kind of a... Which was not only introducing that to comic books, but this is where the MCU really started to shape 
um, just the entire <laughs> the entire box office. Yeah, you know, and and just they they're building their own cinematic model that everyone's following after, and that's really kind of unprecedented with comic book movies is them shaping the rest of the box office, the rest of like you know what's coming out in theaters. Um, it's it's really really interesting yeah. for sure. <clears throat> and like I, the thing I love the most about it is like it. It had no reason to work at all yeah. in a, a lot of ways. Like this was, I think we talked about how like Iron Man was like, if Iron Man failed, the MCU wouldn't be the same. If the first Avengers movie didn't work and failed, nothing would, nothing have, would have come yeah. after. And it would have been a mess after that. Um, and like all the Avengers movies after that, uh, even Age of Ultron to an extent have been really good. Yeah. Like have been good movies. I think obviously Age of Ultron is probably the weakest of the four. Yeah. Um, but I think like Infinity War is, which we'll talk about a little later. Infinity War is freaking amazing. Um, yes. even like as a movie by itself, it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And then like Endgame is, I don't think Endgame is as good as Infinity War, mm-hmm. but I still think Endgame is a really good movie for what it was. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's really influential. And we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit as well. But before we get to those in 2014, we had another little team up movie, um, one that nobody thought was going to work at all, and that is the Guardians of the Galaxy. And these yeah. are your boys. I'm going to let you talk about them while I go see if the camera's still working. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so with Guardians of the Galaxy, you've got this team that basically nobody has heard of. Um, and kind of with Howard the Duck and with Blade and with a lot of the adaptions that had come before, yes, um, you know, they were kind of like more C-list characters. They were people that not as many people have heard of. But what Marvel was already doing by that point was like they they already had the Avengers under their belt. They already had, you know, the entire Iron Man trilogy. They had two Captain America movies. It's like they were obviously doing a particular thing. And then they're going to take C-list characters and bring them up to the forefront, um, which that's the first time um, that that had ever really happened. Um, and then you see kind of people trying to copy that afterward, copy that success with C-list characters, um, with like Suicide Squad um, and other movies like that. And it's like it's it's not exactly sort of the lightning in a bottle that Marvel captured right. with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Also, just the, the blend of um, sort of like a space adventure and humor um and romance and like all of the things that went into guardians all the things that made it a great movie yeah um it really introduced a new dynamic of you know c-list losers (laughs) (laughs) to the comic book landscape especially to comic book movies that were super successful yeah Yeah. um and obviously this is very like we talked about this before suicide squad definitely tried to copy and paste the guardians Mm-hmm. Uh, and it didn't work as well. Uh, and they're definitely trying to copy and paste now with getting the same director yeah. uh, as the Guardians. But this, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, gives... I don't think without the Guardians being successful, I don't think we would get the Shang-Chi movie we're getting ready to get. Right. Or the Eternals movie that we're getting ready to get. Right, or um, even Captain Marvel. Yeah, or, like, some of these other, like, Nova, or, like, all these other people that are in the works to some at some point probably show up in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't get them without you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy being as successful as it was. And it was extremely successful. Both movies are... I love both movies. I think they're both great. I'm super excited for um, Guardians 3 
yeah. uh, to come out in probably 2023? Um, or is it 22? Yeah, probably 23. I would say 23. Because yeah. um, they haven't finished shooting Suicide Squad yet, have they? No. So it's going to be a little bit from that. Um, <clears throat> we're almost to the end of our list here. Uh, so that was 2014. Um, and then we don't get another super impactful. I think like Captain uh, Captain America Civil War in 2016 was really, really good. Uh, but it's not like super influential, I would say. Fantastic, pretty influential. Yeah, there's not a Fantastic Four in this film, on this list at all, because <laughs> all four of them suck and none of them do anything good for anybody. <laughs> so yeah. um, apparently Jessica Alba almost quit acting after Fantastic Four. Oh, no. Because they told her, the director, I forget who the director was, um, he told her, though, that she was an ugly crier and needed to cry like a normal person. Oh. Yeah, so he was a jerk. Um, but it's still very, very, yeah, those movies are not great. So we're not going to be on the list. But the movie that is on our list that we're going to talk about that we've mentioned before is Logan that came out in 2017. Um, this is probably the closest to The Dark Knight as super impactful, really, really, really strong movie, superhero film. Um, this is the first one I think that I can remember that it has like a super, super strong Western presence yes. to it that is really, really good. Um, Hugh Jackman, I think this is probably Hugh Jackman's best performance Yeah. Um, at this point. Patrick Stewart is amazing in this movie as well. Um, but it's just it's super impactful. It's the, great, it's the best way they could have ended the Wolverine character with the Fox franchise um, to the point now where like, I don't want to see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in the MCU. Right. Um, Cause that was the perfect send off for that character. Um, why do you think Logan is su- a super impactful or influential superhero film? I think I bring this up a lot. I think that just whenever a comic book movie introduces a genre or uses a genre um, to, you know, as a part of that movie, it turns out really, really well. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely the case with Logan using the Western genre. Um, but also just giving a comic book movie its own very unique feel within the field that it's in. I mean, Logan stands out so much from Guardians and Spider-Man and Wonder Woman and other things that came out that year. Not that those are terrible or anything, not that they're not great. Right. Um, But Logan, it just has um, this element to it that's so different. It sets it so apart from everything else. Um, that it's it's just like completely fantastic, and the fact that it's a standalone is so important. Yeah, it really is. Um, <clears throat> and so that was kind of the end of the Fox. Well, you had Deadpool two come out in twenty twenty eighteen, eighteen, and then you had Dark Phoenix come out in twenty nineteen. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, which <laughs> that was unfortunately the end of the Fox franchise. X Men as you go out with mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix, but yep. That's a sad way to go out. But Logan is definitely an inf- influential film. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with the character in the MCU. I think there's a lot of things that they could do with it, especially if they get like the full ride to the Hulk character. Yeah, A uh, Hulk and Wolverine movie would be a lot of fun, yes. especially with Mark Ruffalo. And um, I don't know who to get to play Wolverine yet. I yeah. haven't really thought about There's that rumor going around that um, uh, Superman... Oh, oh, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, yeah. yep. No. <laughs> um, maybe with, like, the right direction. 
Maybe. Uh, Maybe, but I doubt it. I can't see it. That would be very weird. But our last two films on our list um, that we'll talk about and that is super influential, even though they just recently came out, they have completely changed the superhero genre forever. And that is Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. We put both of them on the list because they basically are a movie together. (laughs) Yes. Um. So yeah, this is this is the we talked about with the Avengers of like if the Avengers didn't work, none of the rest of the MCU would have worked. And this is the perfect example of this of they set up Thanos as the main villain for the Avengers all the way back in the first Avengers. Yeah. And if that didn't work, Infinity War and Endgame wouldn't have been as big and successful as they are. Right. Um Infinity War brought in 2 billion yeah, almost three. Yeah, and Infinity or Endgame brought in three. Yeah. Um. So both of them obviously are. Uh, Endgame is the most uh, successful f- movie of all time, box office wise. Um. And so it's very, very, very exciting to see because like the reason why it's so successful is it got you to care about all of the characters before it comes in. Um. To the point where like you even care about like a side a side character who is a villain. He's like an antihero in Loki. To where, like, when you kill him off in the first 30 seconds of Infinity War, people were literally in tears in the audience watching that movie. Right. And then, like, you get to the end of the movie of Infinity War where Thanos snaps away half of the universe and, like, not even half of the Avengers. Most of the Avengers are gone at this point. Yeah. Um, to, like, stun silence. And, like, you don't get people to react to movies like that without being super influential and like super have like taking the time to care for it. Well, and having so many people invested in that story, yeah. just had such a dominating presence. It still does yeah. have such a dominating presence on all of pop culture. It does. It really does to the point where like, I think other companies and other movie universes are going to try to copy it for sure. Oh yeah. Um, you are, you kind of already saw it in star Wars with the rise of Skywalker. They tried to follow it with like the in game hype around it. And like it did not work as well. Um, right. As a whole, I think like you, you'll probably see it with DC and there's DC tried to dive right into that justice league. Model and it didn't, it work. didn't work. They didn't take, you have to take the time to, that's why everything has worked in the MCU is they've taken the time right. to develop everything and right. to develop all these characters. And while the movies, all the movies aren't fantastic. Um, like the first captain America movie and the first two Thor movies and Ant-Man and the Wasp and even necessarily like captain Marvel and some of these other, other movies that people aren't huge fans of they still take the time to make you care enough about the character to where like Thor is one of the most loved characters. Like yeah. Cap's one of the most loved characters. Uh, Captain Marvel, not really. A lot of people hate Captain Marvel, but that's not because of her. That's just because they're blind and they just want to hate something. So that's kind of what that is. But it's still like, it's still super interesting to see the impact that both of these movies have had to where like the next phase of the MCU is going to be very interesting to see how they pick things back up um, because right. the MCU hype had been so heavy for so long since 2008 to 2000 for 10 years, um, 11 years that it was so like the MCU hype was for so long. And then like, it seems like this year it's just been kind of like super quiet and like kind of like a, not like a low, like a bad low, but it's been like, we've been up here for so long. We're taking a break Yes, <laughs> for them to kind of come and do it again. Hopefully. Um, so it's still very interesting to see where they go from here with the rest of the MCU. But these two films have changed the entire MCU and superhero films uh, 
for probably forever, which is very, very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, any other movie that you can think of that we didn't talk about or touch? Um, no, I mean, I think we hit really all of the all of the biggest points. I think that there are a lot of superhero movies. I mean, obviously, we love so many of yeah. them, but it, you know, it's kind of finding a diamond in the rough. Yeah, when you get one that's extremely important, extremely influential, and not just for box office reasons too, because with the MCU, the reason you know the biggest reason that those so important is because of the in- impact that they have on cinema. Yeah, as a whole, because they're just so huge. Right. Um, but when you get something like Logan, when you get something like Batman Begins, uh, that whole trilogy. Yeah. It's a it's a different sort of impact and like an artistic impact. And like um, we we didn't talk about it because it's not a live action film, but like that's why Spider Man and the Spider Verse was such a big totally success too, is because it was something different. Yes. And it made it it made an impact in this time where like superhero films don't necessarily make a massive impact because we get so many of them. Right. No, it made an artistic impact yeah. um, where where so many other films were making a cultural impact. Yep. Which is Absolutely. which is very very true. Um, so some of the movies that these have kind of I was thinking about that they kind of influenced mm-hmm. like the l- earlier movies. Like I, this is very sad to say, but if we didn't get Blade in '98, which was the first rated R movie, mm-hmm. um, Deadpool probably wouldn't have been as like pushed at the time because it would have been the first one ever probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so both Deadpool movies, Venom, we wouldn't have got that gem of a movie uh, or Morbius that's coming out next year. Is it this year? Is Morbius coming out this year? Oh, I don't know. I think Morbius is coming out this year. Um, so yeah, that was two nice little touches. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, we were going to talk about TV shows. Thanks, Blade. Thanks, Blade. Uh, we were going to talk about TV shows, but this episode has run along a little bit. Um, so we may make that next week. We may make that part of next week um, for that as well. Oh, let me read some of the tweets that we got uh, about the most influential superhero from Coco's back. Hi, Coco. Hello. Uh, let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. <coughs> uh, so our first one is from our good friend Gump. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, you have the trinity of X-Men, Blade, and Spider-Man, even though Spider-Man had the biggest influence. Uh, then you got Batman begin, uh, begins telling the world these movies can be taken seriously. Then Avengers and the shared universe. Um, he said, ton of picks, but those are the big ones that stuck out to him, which I totally agree with. Yes. Um, and then our friend over at Geekly Goods, I believe is his name. Uh, I'll link his name. In, I'll link both of them in the, in the description as well. Um, Leo Rid- Ridley, Ridley, I think I hope I said your name right. Uh, but he said I would go with two: the original Spider-Man and the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. So those are the two kind of consensus that you know are big, big time influential films that we talked about. Yeah, um, for sure. But make sure you leave us in the comments below. Uh, we had to switch cameras because our other camera died in mid mid shoot. So that's that's the fun part of doing this stuff on the fly. You got to figure out how this works. So if you see me walk in front of the camera a few times, I'm sorry about that, but get over <laughs> it. Um, but we are so excited that you are, you guys are joining us. We're excited for this being our first one ever. Our first kind of like massive change to our podcast and yep. to our set. And one thing that we didn't mention at the beginning, because I'm an idiot and I forgot to mention this. We have a merch store. Yeah. We have a merch store. If you go to teespring.com slash the dorks next door, you can find our merch store right there. Um, we have t shirts, we have sweatshirts, we have phone cases, 
Um, we have mugs. We have mugs. We have pillows. Pillows. We have beach beach towels. towels. We have a sticker, if you'd like a sticker. A sticker. Um, There's a t-shirt with my lovely cartoon face on it that says, What's up, dorks? Yeah, let me pull that up. That you can find there as well. Um, Yeah, if you... Like, if we, we... the biggest support that you guys can give us is by listening each and every week. And we really appreciate that. But if you would like to help support the channel a little bit more as Coco has a heart attack over here, freaking out. Um, but if you would like to help support any, even more, you can do that by buying a t-shirt, buying a sweatshirt, buying a coffee mug, um, buying whatever. We couldn't really set the prices. They made us kind of set the prices to what they were. Um, so sorry about that. But if that doesn't work for you as well, you can also go to anchor.fm slash the dorks next door or dorks next door and you can find our podcast there you can also give us a sponsorship there a one-time giving if you would like to support us financially that way as well like i said no pressure to do that at all uh this is just one of those of like i said your support the biggest support you can give us is by tuning in and listening each and every week and you guys do that and we really appreciate that but if you would like to give extra we're giving you the opportunity to give extra as well um, in order to do that, we want to grow our audience. We want to grow our fan base. We want to get to know you guys even better. Um, we may be doing a uh, Comic Con in Nashville. We may be going to that in May. So yes. we'll we'll let you guys know about that. We'll that if we if we go, we will definitely shoot and record stuff there. And we depending on who's there. I looked at the cast. I looked at the who's supposed to be there, and it's there was one person. That was super big that I was extremely excited about going to see. Let me find it. 2020. I think it was Sean Gunn. Oh, really? I think it was Sean Gunn, who is James Gunn's brother, who also did the um, motion cap for Rocket mm-hmm. and the all the Avengers movies and for... And um, plays Craglin. And plays Craglin. He was also in something else, and I don't remember what. Oh, um, it's some show. Yes. Uh, that one of my friends really likes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sean, so Sean Gunn will be there. Uh, Dante Basco, who played, um, the, you remember the Disney show, The American Dragon? Mm-hmm. That character. Okay. Yep, he'll be there. Um the guy that plays Bowser will be there. That's cool. That's cool. And not Jason. Lee. Well, Jason oh, Lee will be Lee. there, but Jay yeah. Lee will be there. That's so. cool. There are a lot of big time. Plus, they have others that are coming as well that they haven't announced yet. Um, that is really exciting as well. So we are. Oh, one of the Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. So we are very excited. We'll probably be going to that. We're looking forward to that uh, May 30th through the 31st. If you are in Nashville, we might do a little meet and greet there. We may even have a booth there or something like that. Um with our faces on it. And we may do a podcast live or something there. And that'd be a lot of fun. So we'll let you guys know about that. Um, but yeah, do you have anything else that you would like to have on add on this, uh, rather long podcast? I do not. Well, but it's been fun. It's it been, been such, fun. it's been so cool, um, to have a new setup yeah. and to have a sponsor and to have a merch store. I love kind of like the things that are moving. It feels like right we're now. a real podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, fake it till Mama, you make it. Mama, we made it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's very exciting times right now. I really should have been leaning over the whole time like this. This is so much more natural than me like. 
I feel like my audio is going to be really quiet. You're probably going to have to turn up my audio, but I, I should have been doing this the whole time. No, you're so good. I've learned now. Coco's trying to show you what you should have been doing. Exactly. Thank you. I'm a professional. He's a professional podcaster. Right. Subscribe to the Coco Cast. The Coco right. Cast is a great name. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. We appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dorks Next Door. Take out the E from Next. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Andy York. I think you're still on your hiatus from Twitter. I am. For a little bit. Yeah. How's it been? Uh, honestly, <laughs> like seriously, great. Yeah. Um, I, I've enjoyed a whole lot about it. I don't know. I'm going to have to... Uh, and I, I know we're about to close up. I don't want to get super into it. I have to find a way, a different way to sort of engage yeah. with Twitter, I think, um, than I did before so that it's not something to where I'm like constantly looking at it, constantly checking it because just for me personally, yeah. um, it, it really like weighs down on me. I know I've talked about that before. Yeah. So what I normally do is like, I don't spend a whole lot of time like on Twitter necessarily. I get notifications though all the time from Twitter mm-hmm. to where like, if I see something that's big, I'm like, Oh, let me check this out real quick. And right there. But, uh, you still find idiots on there, especially listen, we're almost done with the podcast. We're not a political podcast at all, but we're coming up on, a, on an election this year. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you vote for. Just be nice to yeah. each other on Twitter and in person. That's too much to ask. There's, I know that's too much to ask. And like, do your civic duty and vote. Because if you don't vote and then you complain, you kind of have nothing to complain against because you didn't help in the first place. Right. But be nice to each other. Yes. Be good people. Be good people. I know I'm asking a lot of people. I can be, get behind be that. Be good people. We appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to this episode this week. Like I said, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dorks Next Door. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. You can find it anywhere on Spotify, SoundCloud, I'm, uh, Apple Music, Google Play, Anchor.fm. I think Beaker now. Basically, anytime you f- anywhere you find your podcast, you can find the Dorks Next Door. So we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. We'll see you guys in the next podcast.